You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. And we are back following the final preseason game, Jets 32, Giants 24. Um, not much to watch, which is good because we missed it live. That's right. We uh, Grump and I were together, family wedding. I was out at dinner the night before with... Uh, our old friends in the 124 crew, uh, Ron and Bruce, good to see you again. They're excited about the season as much as we are. So I did not know that. Oh, I didn't tell you that. Yeah, no, we went out. So. We went out uh, Friday night for dinner, little preseason prep. Uh, I was doing my tour of New Jersey for the weekend, and uh, yeah, so they are they are excited. Um, they are so excited they are actually going to. The Sunday night game, which is great because normally they don't make it out to the night game. That so. is good because that's usually a Cowboy fan that we're seeing. Exactly. So we're, we're very happy they're going to be with us. We are happy there'll be no Cowboy fans at least to our right. I'm sure yeah. in front of us, behind us, and to the left there will be. But we have the crew, the whole crew together in section 124, row 32 again. So with that, yes, we did not get to see the game live. We were, uh, you know, Take a look on Instagram and see what we looked like a few hours into the wedding. Not a pretty picture, but, um, you know, when you get to the third preseason game, you're really looking at roster spots on the margins and not much else as far as anything to do with the season. So it's, it's the one game you can go back and watch the tape later on and not feel like you missed anything. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is only really interesting because the Jets played their starters for two series apiece on offense and defense. So we got a little bit of look at what some depth players who will be a core part of this team looked like against their starters. And so there was a couple of spots that generated some interest, notably Jalen Hyatt versus Sauce Gardner. Um, you know, whether you want to debate whether or not, you know, Hyatt beat Gardner or not, I don't think it's really up for debate. But regardless, it certainly was not something that Gardner could cakewalk through covering Jalen Hyatt. That's pretty no. much agreeable across the board. Of course, right. And remember, Jalen Hyde is not wide receiver one on this New York Giant team either. No. I mean, he's someone that, you know, you know, we are going to, I don't know if ease into the offense is the right word, but he's not going to be a featured receiver like some of the other guys we have on this team. So it's interesting to see, you know, the one guy who can truly spread out a defense and, and test it. Um, and he, he held his own. I mean, Sauce was an amazing rookie last year, but he's still only in the second year. Yeah, too. exactly. It's not so, like it's Darrell Revis out there. Exactly. I mean, so, and that, and that, I'm not trying to take anything away from Sauce Gardner. I mean, it's just that, you know, lightning can be in a bottle for one year. There could be a sophomore slump. You know, there's a lot of things there. Uh, or it's just I, one play that he looked pretty good on. <laughs> I, mean, I would say it was two, but regardless, here's what I will take away from that. I enjoy the fact that it's stoking the flames and that there's po- possible mind games going on from now until the actual regular season game. If, in fact, 
they were able to get into Sauce Gardner's head and they can further use that against him throughout the course of the regular season game, then that's a brilliant move. If they just wanted to see how Hyatt would look up against a top-tier corner, then they got their look at it, and I hope that they're pretty happy with what they were able to see. Regardless, yeah. that's kind of all I'm taking away from it. Yeah, I, I don't think they're playing 4D chess worrying about a game that's going to be nine weeks away. You don't I, think I, so? No. Oh, I don't know, man. This is not... This is not. I know it's a preseason game, but this is against a regular season opponent. Later, all chips are, are on the table. I think that's possible, but in, in Especially reality, the moment that they said, "Well, I'm, th- this is going to lead into something later," but the okay. moment that the Jets were playing their starters, I do believe that there were certain things that they wanted to kind of test and poke and see. I mean, this is you're not looking schematically, but you are. Football is a game of individual matchups just as much as it's an 11-player team game, right? That's that's true. That's fair. So, I mean, I I would not say that that's a, a silly, crazy suggestion. It could I, be coincidental, but I don't think that it is. I think it's much more coincidental than, than again, 40 chess or silly crazy. I think it's just, again, how much is Sauce going to line up against him You know, in, in a regular matter. season match? It doesn't matter. If it does happen, is he thinking? You know what I, I mean? That's, that's I, what it is. My personal take on that would be if this game was like in week two or week three, maybe, but we're it's almost going to be half a season away. And yeah, but that's that's what makes it better. The, yeah. It, that is the ultimate individual matchup right there. That's true. But I so. think, you know, you, you have half a season. The cornerback position is as much built on self-confidence as it is uh, physical ability. Yep. And I think, you know, you have half a season where you know someone like him, we expect to be better than he was even last year, probably. And mm-hmm. you know, you may take it as more of a challenge, like okay, this fucker, you know, you know, he he held his own against me. Then I'm going to go get him, as opposed to oh no. I mean, it's well, also think of it this way: Are they possibly trying to get into the head of their own player? Do, do you think Jalen Hyatt wants a better throw next time? wants a better throw all the time i think everybody's well, always looking for perfection yeah no no no. i mean jalen hyatt had sauce gardner beat for a small window there the throw yes. sailed over his head and out of bounds yes if dj is back there don't you think he wants that throw he wants that whole play back don't you yeah. think so kid up uh, against the number one guy i think he wants that of course i mean you know if tyrod taylor is throwing in week eight there's probably a big problem with the new york football giants of course so yeah i i, I would say so um so i think that like even even just doing that a little bit it it kind of gets in the head of their own guy he wants he wants that matchup back too i i don't know i do think that there was a little bit of game playing there with coaches i think so possibly possibly i mean i think the jets traditionally have treated this game more importantly than the giants always have yeah, but you I know, don't know that that plays in. I don't think Robert Sala is a, a doofus. Um, I don't think. I think Aaron Rodgers picked this game because it was the last one. I, think I understand was, that. No, yeah, I don't right? think. Right, but I, I always think that there's always going to be a, you know, in the building. It may not be this current coach. It may not be this current cornerback. But there is a thing in that building where the Jets are the little brother to the Giants as far as importance in this city, in this league, and in everything. And I think they they will still treat it like a preseason game, but maybe their heart beats half a beat faster because it's the Giants. Uh, on the on the other side of the ball with the flip situation, um, 
I don't know. I don't think it was overanalyzed, but it was certainly put under a microscope. Isaiah Simmons has been here for all of like 48 hours, and he got some snaps in this game, so we got a quick glimpse at what he what he can bring from a true athleticism standpoint. So a little bit of coverage, a little bit of blitz. Truly what I expected from the get-go, a versatile piece that can just kind of be out there and be confusing and be good at both. Um, and at one point, he got pretty quick, lightning-fast pressure on Aaron Rodgers and tripped him up just enough for him to have to throw the ball away. Didn't get a sack, but ruined the play. More important than that play, um, I think that Aaron Rodgers was actually fooled by Wink Martindale's little play there. I think that, like, I want to say it was the play right before they did the same thing where it was, like, all those guys right up at the line of scrimmage, and they brought the entire house, and they went to cover zero coverage, right? Mm -hmm. And then in that play, they kind of did the exact same thing and I think they only brought five guys, and everyone else dropped into zone coverage. And Aaron Rodgers did not have a hot route to throw to. He had people running vertical routes. I could be wrong. The preseason coverage is absolute garbage. I didn't get a chance to look at it with all 22. But I do think that the – like, it's Aaron Rodgers back there. He knows when pressure is coming. He should know when pressure is coming and where it's coming from, etc., and know how to audible, etc., I mean, that usually I, comes with game planning and stuff, but this is not a five-year veteran. This is Aaron Rodgers. I do yeah. think he was fooled by the coverage. It's possible. Again, you don't go, you don't game plan for these things. I don't know how much tape they watch of um, – no, hey, Also, Aaron Rodgers went against this exact defense last year. That's true. But again, you know, the recall of something if you're not prepping for it. Like if, if, if you studied for the SAT test, right, really hard and then – Seven months later, without studying for the test again, you have to take the test again. You're going to probably trip up on one or two of the questions. So that's kind of the way I look at it. But I, I get your point, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my point is basically you have, like, seven guys at the line of scrimmage. You don't want to get hit. You're the first-team offense. You're supposed to be dealing with whatever seven guys at the line of scrimmage means. Yeah. That's all. My, that's, that is my only point. I know he's not game planning. I know there's no film study for this. I'm just making a point. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, my, my two takeaways from Simmons playing was, one – uh, you know, he's been in training camp all year up until this point. So, it, you know, I think some people were like surprised to see, oh, look how, you know, sharp he looks. Like the guy's been working out. The guy's been going through camp. So it's not like he's was sitting at home and got a phone call and all of a sudden two days later he's playing. Yeah, I'm not really um, shocked by what I saw. Right. And the second thing about that one play was the way he just blew up that running back was trying to block him. That was the one thing I noticed off yeah. the bat was just like, boom, like. If, if that's your game plan to have like a, uh, a running back come in, you know, you may want to, you know, you may want to readjust what your thought process is with, especially if he's going to be coming in. Cause I expect him to be, you know, from the linebacker spot going to be used a lot to go into, to pressure the quarterback and stuff. And so when he's coming with a full head of steam, like we saw, you know, I think that piece of film is something that the rest of the league is going to be watching and be like, that may not work. Now, granted, I, I don't know who the <laughs> running back was, but, uh, I don't I mean, remember. It doesn't matter. I mean, that might be yeah. the most full running back room in the nation. That's true. That's true. Um, as as Hard Knocks keeps telling us every seven seconds. I literally – I haven't watched one episode. Am when I missing something? I mean, it's uh, just kind of fallen off for me over years. I mean, Hard Knocks, is, it's the same game plan it's been for the last 15 years. It's, you know, 
after about hard knock about the fourth season all it is now is everybody knows the cameras on them hmm. so you have the guys who are, are obviously mugging for the camera it's the grumpy old quarterback who's trying his hardest to have any little bit of personality they have the rookie uh you know talent show they have the one family from the run rookies probably not going to make it you know it's the same shtick yeah. over and over again i mean it to the Jets' credit, they appear more professional. They did when they had oh, Rex yeah, Ryan as the coach, or, or any other you know idiots that they've had before. Um, but you know, hey, it's August. We are dying for football. I was getting ready for a wedding. It was on, and that's probably about it. Uh, I wasn't judging you. I was just curious. Oh, yeah, um, you can judge. <laughs> the only other things I got out of this final preseason game, I was looking to see who would separate themselves in the good way or the bad way. I think Jay Sean Corbin now with three good preseason games and from what was reportedly an entirely good preseason camp, I think that he might have earned himself a roster spot. And I don't know how any Giant fan can look at what they saw and be okay with whatever our backup tackle situation is. It's, it is horrendous. It's bad. Um, yeah, if you remember we did our show last week, our um, our roster projections. I I made a note that uh, look to get swing tackle after cuts. And again, the, the pickings will be slim, but I think those pickings will still be better than the nose pickings that we have backing up, um, you know, Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal right now. Because I, I, I said it before, um, we don't have NFL quality tackles on this roster backing up that was um, that was some brilliant wordplay I'm, I'm thank you yeah. thank you thank you thank you and you know just because you know matt pert's been here for a couple of years uh you know he's never shown anything of anything he's looked awful and you know i i, I at this point i think you look at the waiver and maybe and maybe it's not even the waiver wire maybe we have to make a trade you know we're, we're back to our normal allotment of of uh draft picks maybe you have to invest one or, or two of those draft picks to get somebody in here because again you know andrew thomas we know is a stud evan neal we assume is going to improve then we have swiss cheese back there and we just spent we're spending 40 million dollars a year on this quarterback we are paying a lot of money for for a running back back there and, you know, we can't afford to get those guys killed. Yeah, and, you know, what's funny is the only other things that I saw from the offensive line in that game was, you know, the newcomer Harlow. I think it's Spencer Harlow, Sean Harlow. I can't remember his first name. Uh, I thought he didn't look so bad, and this is the first time I got a really good long look at Shane Lemieux. And I thought that, well, he just kind of looks like he's still where he always was. And that's kind of where Harlow is. Like they're both kind of like the fringe depth guys. Um, and I think we're gonna go through all these, but you know, from the cutdowns that we've seen thus far, on my list for just the offensive line, that's Julian Davenport, Corey Cunningham, Wyatt Davis, Jack Anderson. So that's literally every offensive lineman except the starting five, Thomas, Azudu, Bredesen, Schmitz, Glowinski, Neal, and then Phillips, Parrott, McKeithen, Lemieux, and Harlow. That's all that's left. So uh, they, they in their first swing at the cutdown day, they axed all of the offensive line depth, and it's down to, I, I would say, they've wiped the plate clean, and now it's down to just the depth. 
And I think that's indicative of the fact that they are probably going to make a move. Those guys yeah. were so not going to make the roster. Uh, and that's a shame because there's guys that have been there for a little bit, like Corey Cunningham has been here for a while. We'd hope that we have developed something out of that, but I guess not. When we were prepping the show and I said that everybody who was on my 53 had survived this you know, pre-cutdown cuts, mm-hmm. um, I did have Corey Cunningham make the beat. So, ah, that, okay. so we, I have one casualty to my list at this point. But you are thinking exactly what I'm thinking is they are – they are building – they're shaping this roster to bring somebody in, and I think it's going to be more than just you know, who got cut by somebody else. I think they're going to make a move to, to get somebody. Yeah, and I think while they did clean house a bit on the defensive side of the ball, like in the trenches, defensive line, they got rid of Kevin Atkins, Brandon Bryant, and Donovan Jeter. I think that's mainly because DJ Davidson might make the roster, and they're just set. I mean it's really not much of a competition – I think it's the exact opposite problem with the exact same solution. Like, we might as well just get rid of these guys now. It's not even close. Uh, you want to jump back to offense for a minute? I yeah, want to yeah, talk yeah about, of course. I want to talk wide receivers, too. I think we, we glossed over that a well, little bit. Well, I wasn't glossing over. I was just kind of saying, like, the, the two spots they hacked at the most were the trenches. Oh, gotcha, but, gotcha. The, but for completely different reasons. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. As far as – I'm, I'm going to list all of the, the moves that we know as of tonight. This is Monday night at, like, 1030. Uh, Bryce Ford, Wheaton, uh, tore his ACL. He went to IR. Done. Chris Myrick broke his hand. He is placed on season-ending IR as well. Those guys are done. The rest were either had contract terminated, they're a vested veteran, waived, reserved, injured. Uh, Corey Cunningham, Julian Davenport, Colin Johnson, James Robinson, Jadon Mickens, Jack Anderson, Darren Evans, Wyatt Davis, uh, Zion Gilbert, Kevin Atkins, Donovan Jeter, Tayshawn Bauer, and Brandon Bryant. Those guys are all gone. And that's not really a big surprise across the board. Uh, you, you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton is an injury, so it's not a surprise. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, you, you hate to see that. That's a, that's a tough break because I had him. I, I went out on a little bit of a limb, and I thought that uh, Wondell Robinson would be coming off of IR in time for the regular season. He would be on the roster but I had uh, Bryce Ward Wheaton as the alternate in case they decide to put um, Wondell back on, stay, staying on IR for the time being. So, um, you know, if he's not ready to play in week one, they're going to have to dig a little deeper than I was hoping for on my board. But, uh, you know, as of this moment, I still, my wide receiver uh, room is still clean based on the cutdowns. Yeah, and that that was my one thing. And, you know, quite frankly, that was based mainly because, like, every beat reporter, like, all at the same time were like, the Giants really like him on special teams. And it was like over a weekend, like, four beat reporters said the same thing. And they, they, they all said it like they've been saying it all along, and I don't remember that. Maybe they have. <laughs> they could probably point to it. I'm sure, whatever. I just never took note of anyone saying that up until one moment. So I just threw him on there because, quite frankly, what we saw – I mean, I wasn't at practice all the time, and some of them are closed to the media anyway. Uh, media, close to the public. Um, uh, I didn't really see anything that separated him from other guys at all. In fact, I would say that Jadon Mickens was probably, and Colin Johnson were probably better shots to make the team. Even Jamison Crowder, who would be redundant. Uh, but what we're hearing now is that Wandell Robinson is, seems very, very likely to be activated off the PUP list. So that covers that spot. And additionally, I would say that uh, Cole Beasley's like leg injury, 
he may be gone and called back in a couple of weeks when needed or something like that. I would not say that Beasley will be too far if he doesn't make it. If, if, if. Oh, I was going to say, do you feel like, like Cole Beasley, if, if he doesn't make our roster, someone's going to pick him up? Could be. I, I, I mean, it's one of those things like they may just keep him – because I had him on my list – and part of my thinking was they didn't want to have him exposed to the outside world. Well, just remember yeah. that at 4 p.m. on Tuesday, like a lot of wide receivers are going to hit the market. Why uh-huh. Cole Beasley? Like a 35-year-old. You know what I mean? Like I hear you. I, and like what we saw, we were you know zeroed in on him. But he didn't really – did he do anything other than one game, I think, with on like one series in preseason that like – other coaches would have noticed. Maybe Detroit. Are they? Is Detroit really going to pick up Cole Beasley? What about they had joint practices? What, what about a team like Denver? Yeah, maybe. No, I mean, there there are teams. Like we we are not in need for a wide receiver right now. No, but I there understand are, that. But, but I'm just but, saying, why Beasley above all the other wide receivers that are going to be cut loose on that day? Denver needs a receiver bad. They're not going to take the the middlest one. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he's a, he's a veteran. He's a he's a, a a guy who can pick up a playbook really quickly. And maybe he, even if you just need him for a few weeks for something else, like they somebody else that has a, a receiver on injury reserve and is not quite ready, and you just need somebody go in there. Here's a playbook. Figure this out by Sunday. You know. He also comes with some baggage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just listen, he, he's not Jerry Rice, but I feel like let's put it this way. There's much more of a likely chance that Cole Beasley would be picked up by somebody else than like a David Sills or any of the other, you know, or even like a Colin Johnson. Why? Well, David Sills, I would say, based on what he showed in that last game, the fact that he's young and tall, he has measurable speed and he's young. And he has some decent tape. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. Every, I'm just saying I don't think that people are tripping over themselves. He was a He was just sitting at home. Not that long ago. That's Don't true. Forget that. But he, he was also, but he was also in the exact same role as we need somebody on a temporary basis that can just go in there and, and play, and I do, mean, and you know, and potentially stick if necessary. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I think mm-hmm. that he would be a wise pickup. I just don't think that he's going to be high on other people's list because nobody made a phone call for him throughout like the spring. Yeah, July 21st. Yes. Yeah. So he's been here for one month. Right. So nobody nobody cared about Cole Beasley up until July twenty first. So I don't right. know, man. I yes, I, I do think that he brings a value out there that teams should pay attention to. I just don't know that he's gonna be real high up on the list. And to uproot his life, if the Giants are gonna call and be like, Look, we'll offer you the same deal, you don't even have to move. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um other than that, no surprises on here. So there is one final thing that is roster-related, and that is that Darnay Holmes will almost certainly make the team now. I was very—I had him, um, but I was not sold on him. It was one of the last ones that I added, so I would say he was probably—he was after my 45th roster player for sure, uh, but he just agreed to a pay cut. From three million dollars, it's likely that he'll be somewhere between one and one and a half. So he will definitely I, make the team. I had him as my number five. It's just like right on that line of you know, cut or not. Um. So when you 
renegotiate like that, you agree to a pay cut. Is there no – do they basically rip up the, the, the old contract and, and redo it? Is there, any, is there any cap implication of that at all or how does that work? No, I think they just rip it up. Okay, and then we, if his number was three million on the cap, now it's one and a half or whatever his new one is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean it, it's a total restructure of the contract. So there's okay. no there's there's no cap penalty because you got the other person to agree. And Dan Duggan made a good point when people you know said like why would why would he do this? And it's because they have no leverage. If he hit the open market, no team is going to pay him three million dollars. Right. So they have to pay it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Why, why learn a whole new playbook and a whole new atmosphere and new coaching to make the same thing that this, the people you know forever? It's the same reason Darius Slate. It's your best chance to re-earn that $3 million next year. You perform like a $3 million player on this salary, and whether it's here or somewhere else, you'll get the $3 million contract. Right. You have the best chance to perform where you're already at. So it makes yes. sense. Mm-hmm. I have no further comments I do think that the next day, I'm going to give you a second, uh, but I do think tomorrow when you guys are hearing this, there will probably already be new news by the time this comes out at 9.30 or (laughs) 5 a.m. if you're listening to the uh, audio-only version. Uh, There will probably already be more roster cuts already. Uh, It's going to be very crazy. We are going to take our time because after cuts, I imagine there will be signings and shufflings. And there will be at least one idiotic tweet about how some guy made the roster and fought his way up from a practice squad last year, and he's going to lose that roster spot almost immediately because they're going to take someone from another team. So we are going to wait until late tomorrow night to record our thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we will have have at our – hands at that time the most up-to-date information we will celebrate nothing because it's going to continue to change throughout the week absolutely um my, my big takeaway from preseason was we did not have any serious team changing injuries thank god uh, and you know that's when you know i know a lot of people you know again we were at the wedding saturday night and we were trying to sneak our phones underneath the uh, the table and no one was looking to see anything was going on and we saw a couple things about Giants being crushed by injuries and da da da, and it was just like it really sucks for the people trying to make a roster. But for a team perspective, nothing really. Other than I guess um, Bryce Ford, we really nothing that has any impact on on the final roster itself. So getting through three games, you know, is a is a victory in itself. Now I'm sure all you people out there will be like, because it's a new turf, that's why. You know, relax. Um, but that to me is a major victory for this preseason. I think we, some things we got, that came, other things we came out of this preseason is that, you know, the limited amount of time we saw Daniel Jones in the first unit, we got a nice, a happy taste. So we're all feeling good. That one drive, uh, you know, the Jalen Hyatt buzz, the, the Simmons buzz, they're little, little morsels, little nuggets, but. You know, hey, when you're getting ready to start a season and you're excited from last year, you want little nuggets to get even more excited for this year. And I think that's exactly what we got. I I don't think the coaching staff could really have asked for anything more, you know, from this preseason and, and, and training camp and everything. So thank you, football gods, for, you know, things going well. We have now 13 days and counting until the Cowboy game next Sunday night. And uh, on the preparation for Dallas. Let's go.
I am finally after watching that preseason game, I got the sense of like the football season's coming. I don't know what it was about that game because it was like not particularly interesting, but I think it was because it was so boring that I knew it was like the third preseason. Like that's it, we're done now. Like this weekend is the cutdowns, and it's time for the actual regular season. We were waiting for this from the moment. I would say from like halfway through last year when we knew that we were overachieving but possibly on to something great, we were waiting for like the beginning of this year, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that oh, way like a little bit? We said it. We said it, and I'm sure if we went back into the um, you know to the archives, there was a comment that said, you know, this is great. This is all kind of gravy at this moment, but when we get to next year, we're going to go in with a different mindset of not happy to be here. It's like, I'm ready to think of this season in totality of the start of something big for next year. And, and we're here right now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am ready. I'm ready for the season to start this Sunday. I mean, uh, this week is a big week for me. I'm off to, to Utah for the, the, the Florida Utah game. So my season starts Thursday, but this NFL season, this is the first time – this is my perception in a long, long time that this team is ready to start on day one. Uh, usually there's always question marks like what's going to happen you know, on the offensive line, You know, what questions about our quarterback, questions about new coach, questions you – know, this, this feels like a team that is ready to start. There's always going to be things that are going to happen during a season. And again, we, we talked earlier about the – you know, we're worried about the backup t- tackles and stuff, but those are kind of like potential things. But a team that's ready to go, you could tell just looking at the sideline, watching, you know, and they showed shots of like Daniel Jones and, and just the coaching staff. This team's ready to get started. It doesn't guarantee anything, but it just means at least, you know, they have a, a second year under the books of what the program is, the offseason program, the training camp program, and they're ready to go. And that to me is like, I'm ready to go. I'm chopping at the bit. I'm ready to go to that tailgate before the the Cowboy game. I'm ready to get, you know, sit with our buddies in, in 124. I'm I'm ready for, you know, they're running onto the field behind the smoke. I'm ready for the kickoff. I'm ready for Hell's Bells. I'm ready for, you know, how many times they play a Bad Guns and Roses song. I'm ready for all that stuff. So let's, uh, shit, I'm a grump. Let's let's get to the Midlands now. Let's go to the parking lot. I'm I'm ready to go. Ready to smash some beers. Yeah. I am I'm really excited, but we do have two weeks to go, so we're going to be doing episodes instead. Uh, so we will see you again uh, tomorrow morning with updates to the final 53, uh, and then I guess one final time the next day. I mean, maybe we won't do that last episode if there's nothing to talk about, but I feel like there will be. Oh, and I'm sure there's always a storyline or something. So, um, yeah, well, looking forward to talking to Grump and everybody who's listening to this down in the Tampa Bay area. There's a monster hurricane coming. Hopefully my house doesn't get blown away and none of your houses get blown away. So everybody who's listening down there, uh, good luck in the next couple of nights and hope things go well for us down there. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone stay safe. And yes. that way you can listen to us tomorrow on <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and uh, YouTube. Uh, Just Giants, follow us on Twitter at Football underscore Grump, at The Cranky Fan, at Just Giants Pod. Until next time, go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.